Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Special Education Matters. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and I have an 18-year-old son with autism. The Community Advisory Committee. Have you heard of it? Ashley Lopez has, and she has some interesting information to share. Every school in California is required to have this organization to facilitate communication between parents of children with special needs. Ashley, who has a strong sense of advocacy and a seemingly endless supply of energy, realized that her CAC needed an upgrade. After some pushing and agitating, Ashley came to understand that the community in this school district was not being well served. While she was able to secure services for her son, others did not have the same resources. Listen as Ashley discusses her son, her efforts to provide the best placement for him, and what parents can do to support their child and community through the Community Advisory Committee. Ashley Lopez, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Thank you. Well, it's good to have you here. You are a parent and a mom to a 13-year-old boy uh, with autism, and you do a lot of work helping other people in similar situations or perhaps beginning the process of getting services for their child. But I thought it would be nice if we could just start off talking about your son. Tell us a little bit about him. Andrew is an adventurous, loving, fun, caring, now young man. He's super smart, but he struggles a lot with um, communication. He's on the autism spectrum. He learns really well, one-on-one teaching, struggles a little bit more in group. He has definitely some narrowed interests, but the interests that he's into, he can type and um, talk on a communication device about those. Mm -hmm. It takes a little bit more work to get him to communicate (laughs) about other things, but he's able to do it in a one-on-one type setting. So going back to the beginning, like, you know, I think back when I first started noticing things with my son, what did you, when did you first start to notice that maybe Andrew wasn't developing in the same way as other kids? We noticed he had some unique needs when he was two years old. We first thought maybe he couldn't hear well because, you know, we would walk in the room and he wouldn't necessarily get super excited, but then when he turned his head and see us, he get overly excited when we, anytime we left him, he didn't like to be left a lot. Mm-hmm. And so if he had the TV on and I came home and I could be talking to my mom about how things went, I didn't even get a glance over. But then mm-hmm. when he kind of turned his head and saw me, he'd run so excited and just be overly excited. And so that really set some red flags out for me. And so we went to our pediatrician who told me it was definitely not autism. And then I went home and Googled autism and we went from there. And he was diagnosed quickly after, right before his second birthday and was able to start ABA therapy in our home right after his second birthday. What, did you just say that your pediatrician said he does not have autism? He said he does not have autism. That's what I thought he you said. does not have autism. But it's... It wasn't, he still doesn't, I mean, we still go back and forth on, with that one, but he has passed away, so we'll let that go now. But mm-hmm. the pediatrician um, really did not believe Andrew had autism because he did not scream and yell when he went to the pediatrician office, which children with autism do in his mind. And he had some early eye contact, and he said bye and hi at his 12-month checkup, and he has that documented, and 
he does not believe that children with autism can lose language, so he's just not talking. Okay, got it. So my pediatrician really did not feel he had autism, but once he said that word, I didn't go in for autism. I went in for a hearing test, so I didn't know why he was talking about autism, so then I went home and Googled Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Similar happened to, with my son as well, that they said, no, no, he doesn't have it. But my wife and I are teachers like, well, there's something going on here. But yeah, if it wasn't he said extremely he does not obvious. Have autism, I said, yeah. yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. Why do you even bring that up? So clearly what I was saying to the pediatrician sounded like autism. And so he came back with, oh, well, I don't think he has autism. So right. that did just trigger, I better go look into why he's bringing autism up when I'm trying to talk about a hearing test. Okay, got it. That's what you're saying. <laughs> so all right. when I read the signs of autism, it was pretty. I mean, he was sitting on my lap. This was he's 13, so at that time we went home and looked on the computer. We didn't have same technology we do right. now. He and so he's two year old, not even two. He's sitting on my lap. I think I googled autism speaks. Early signs came up, mm-hmm. and there were like ten of them, and he had like eight of them. And if you have two of them, you should go get a diagnosis. So it's pretty. It was. I knew right then we had autism. And who gave you then the diagnosis? We went to UCLA and uh-huh. got our diagnosis from Susan Smith Wagner because we were having a lot of trouble with our pediatrician and getting. To, to a neurologist because he did not think he needed it. Okay, I see. So you had the diagnosis. Of course, you're having to deal with all that. Um, so at that point, though, it sounds like you, you know, we take action as parents, right? And so how, what did you mm-hmm. do? You, you, know, you talked right away about getting ABA services. Like, how did you secure that? How did you know how to do that? How did you get that started? Well, we went to, right off the bat, a pretty aggressive um psychiatrist who diagnosed him and somebody called Inland Regional Center, mm-hmm. called Inland Regional Center, and we had a first appointment and then we had like a second appointment a week later. Um, and she let me know I needed to call Regional Center at the first appointment. The diagnosis from her was coming the next week. So she was going to give me the report and explain it the next week. But she let me know, call Regional Center and mm-hmm. you need to get them in there and evaluate him and he's going to need ABA. Like, okay. Okay. So. Called regional center probably every day and did <laughs> absolutely nothing. So then when we went back for our next week appointment, I told her I've called him every single day and I keep getting this automated thing. They're going to call me back. And so she called and got a hold of somebody and, um, you know, just very maybe I think on the spectrum herself. So it sounds maybe rude, but. You know, they say, who is this? And she says back, who are you? I need your name first. And she just, you know, it's very <laughs> abrupt that she has this child in here who is trying to get services and no one's calling her back. So we quickly got a call back when we went home. And then they told me it'd be six weeks and they would do a, it over the phone type assessment to see if they needed to come out. And I pretty bold that that was not going to work for me. We needed to do something quicker. And they said someone would call back. They call back. So I called every day again, supervisors, supervisors, supervisors. And eventually we got in. Someone came to our home within like two weeks to um, assess him, which I do think it was a quick turnaround. But we were were very persistent because you read, you get autism, and the only thing you read is early intervention is key. So then he turns three, 
And that's when we had an intake with our school district and I'm telling them, well, this is the program he's in. All the research says this is what we need to do. Right. And you could tell real quickly they're looking at me like I'm a nutso. And they said, well, we have a, we have a preschool program. Oh, well, I've never researched a preschool program, but I'll go see it. I mean, I, all everything I research says 35 hours in-home ABA for two to three years at the beginning is the only thing I'm seeing that has scientific data behind it. Right, right. I'll see your preschool program. Oh, our preschool program. Our preschool program has great data behind it. Okay, great. Can you get me that? Well, it's the TEACH program. Oh, okay, great. I didn't know it was a TEACH program. You don't have to advertise. Right, that's, well, that's a good program. I like TEACH. The teach program. Yeah. Well, it's elements of the TEACH program. Ah, uh, okay. It's elements of the ABA program. And it's elements. And I said, well, how do you decide? Because like, the TEACH program I read up on, and, and so we're sitting at our first little meeting, the TEACH program I read up on, and that, I get that, and you know, the RP, which is not RDI, they use elements of RDI, so those, mm-hmm. and ABA, so those are all very different. Oh, well, we just, we just create a unique program. Part of me is seeing all these, like, potential things I see, and the other part of me is realizing that's a big jump. That's a big difference between him and what the general ed kids look like. We asked for an evaluation, and things drastically started going downhill from that point um they said yes to the independent evaluation and then i they gave me this little list of names uh-huh. and this, i had now this said is the, that this I, is the district that gave you these names right yes okay they, in email absolutely we will do the independent psychoeducational evaluation uh, oh my gosh Hell, everyone talked about how hard this was going to be mm-hmm. my district's great <laughs> and then um and then I said, thank you so much for your list of names. I've decided and researched and called around, and we are going with Dr. Chris Davidson. And that is when it all went poop. I really felt this was the person that I wanted to do it. So they wrote back that they would not be funding Dr. Davidson to pick somebody else. Oh, so it wasn't a dollar amount. It was a person amount or a person. It was a person. Um, so, and that's when... Um, we did a compliance complaint, and the compliance came back that they either needed to file due process. So the state came back, they were out of compliance, and within 30 days, they needed to reimburse me or file for due process, which they did neither. We eventually went oh. to due process on the issue, but it was eight months later. So we say they did neither because they didn't file the timeline. They filed for due process on the 30th day. So we didn't go to, then they, to two continuations, and we actually didn't go to due process till eight months later, and then we walked in uh-huh. to due process, and they were re- ready to hand the chips. I really think it was plain chicken with me. Like, are you? This is over forty five hundred. Are you really going to go to a hearing? Yeah, over which, will, which will cost them a lot more money than the actual amount. <laughs> and me. Yeah. though. So, I mean, they were just trying to screw us. So they took us all the way to hearing on it. And we went, we had other issues too that we added onto it at that point because the reason we were seeking this, we had already had the report. We had already now had IEPs. And this was like a two year process, but I paid for the evaluation and had it. So that's already been done. We found a private school 
and we're really happy, and that's where he is now. So, in this whole discussion we've had, I mean, the the pattern here is that you have is that you're a serious advocate for your for your son. And I mean, I'd like to turn to the work that you do then with other people that you're helping. So you haven't just been advocating for your situation, you're advocating for others. And how, how does that work? Like, what are you involved with to help others in a similar situation? During the process, you know, you talk to other moms, and we always felt in our district, the problem with our district is people seem to get really angry, and then they go away. Uh-huh. And there's no, like, way to connect with parents. And in your three years, I think what happens with our district is our district settles with people and they put them in confidentiality settlements and you're happy and you don't want to talk anymore. (laughs) And so we really were trying to find a way to connect. And and we got these flyers through the school that said, like, um, learn your IEP rights, CAC. And so Mm -hmm. we went to these CAC meetings, but they were like district people talking. And and so I'm like, what is the CAC? So I said, Google in the CAC. And realized that every district is supposed to have a CAC. Okay, so I want to know more about our CAC. Yeah, what is a CAC? What is, yeah, what is it? It's a community, a community advisory committee, okay. and it's detailed in ed code that every district is required to have one, and it's parents, teachers, maybe students, depending on how your bylaws are written now, working collaboratively together to advise your school board on issues that would come up in special ed. And this sounds like a committee, but I was lost. And so then a group of parents and I, like five of us, looked up more about the CAC, looked up the ed code, and realized, you know, this could be a good connection for what our issues are with not being able to find parents in our USD and not being able to be more united as a community to stand up against what we feel like is a district that tries to keep us all quiet. Sure, sure. Um, so we said, you know, we're interested in the community advisory committee. We looked at the bylaws. They're like, really like 1979. They're really, really old, but you know, you need this person. You need this person. We have your members for you. And then we were just getting shut down, shut down, shut down. So we went to a school board meeting and did a public comment that we are parents. We would like to be on the community advisory committee. You are required to have one by law. You do not have one, and we are right here. So we feel that we are the members that it should be since you don't have one, and you didn't do it since 1979. So we're good. We're the one. So that was interesting, but okay. So we did our research. We did it, and we became the CAC. A lot of fighting. A lot of back and forth fighting. No, you can't do this. Yes, we can. It's our committee. No, you can't. Yes. I mean, a lot of having to have like advocates and other people in our, our community that were supporting us on starting this with this mm-hmm. group of moms that have all kind of been to due process almost. Um, they thought it was great. Like we had some advocate in Temecula, like this is amazing. Yes, we will write you a letter. And, and we had a lot of support to help us get this all started. And now we have the community advisory committee of very strong advocating parents and we put on a monthly meeting and they are no longer the school district employees. We've had Rich come out and do one. We've had um, different advocacy groups come mm-hmm. out. We've had dyslexia. But surprisingly in our district, and I think that maybe this is where like my whole kind of vision changed, wasn't meeting the parents 
that I thought I was going to meet. I wasn't meeting advocating parents. I was meeting yeah, the majority. Meeting? Uh-huh. Majority of them were the Spanish-speaking parents. So we quickly had to get, like, Spanish interpreters, and the district does, is required to pay for that, so they got that. And then I realized, holy moly, I have not been screwed to the point that these people have. Okay, so it was much worse for this community. It was the people that were coming out, and the people that were attending these events seemed to be people that have been fighting and, and can have no help and can't okay. probably afford help or get the help. And it did make me realize I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine being in their shoes trying to do this, and they didn't speak the language. And like things like, like they're not talking about faith. They're talking about getting the IEP in Spanish. I mean, those were their concerns. Yeah, I mean, that, that stuff's basic. <laughs> getting, yeah. it, getting it in the correct but language like, is I pretty mean, simple. Wow. But my, I mean, my situation was, no, we're not going to pay for Davidson. They didn't care what the law was. They did what they wanted to do. And unless I hired a lawyer, I was going to be stuck there. Right. And these parents are in the same spot. They know their rights. They, I mean, they, they, some of them are more educated than others, but they come in, they say, you know, I did that, this and this and this. And the district says no. And, you know, and then we have the speaker up there where they can't say no. That's a good, but they did but they can't, but they didn't. So then we started realizing like, this is a big problem. And we are working with a lot of our Spanish speaking families. And that's our, seems to be a little bit more of our vision right now to make sure that we're trying to find advocates that can accommodate a translator mm-hmm. or lawyers that can. We have, we, we have the others, we have some that don't, but the majority of our families are the Spanish speaking community and they're, they're consistent. They come to all of our meetings. They're, they're really trying. They're very dedicated. And that was where I just started feeling like very defeated that I don't know how you help these families. Because even though we're telling them the law, we keep having great, great speakers come in, but they can't afford <laughs> speakers. Where, like there was a connection, disconnect of what we were offering and giving them great information. But even with that great information, they were not able to get what they needed. So this year, we're trying to make sure we are, um, the CAC are not advocates, but we are definitely able to connect you. Okay, to the right people. In a direction that you need to go. Sure. So we've had, you know, one lawyer from Temecula. There's an advocate lawyer group type thing who took on two cases that they felt were very good cases Mm -hmm. and, you know, bono and they were very close to due process so they were able to and that's what RCAC and RUSD is trying to do is find the appropriate resources and what is feasible for the families to get things moving and it's not we're not we're not successful in all of our families that need help for sure um and then there's other families that come in that are you know ready where do I find a lawyer I'm ready to pay and you know there's different options for those families so we're really trying to connect people to the right people that can help them. We try to be collaborative with the district as a CAC, but there are some headbutted moments, and <laughs> we have to have, you know, letters written very strongly and go back to our bylaws and go to the school board often to, I guess, get the way it should be because they do try to overtake it. Um, so far, it's working. We are picking our speakers, which the first year that was every month 
just stonewalled. Okay. And they don't they don't question it anymore. We pick our speakers. I don't think our flyers go out as they should. And <laughs> I think they are not trying <laughs> to spread the word as they should. Sure. But you know, when we had Rich Isaacs come. I caught, did you get a flyer? No. I mean, we, the CAC members, our kids bring a flyer, but I don't think it's going out to everybody. And then, so there's some hiccups, but we are having very strong speakers and connecting families. So there's some success too. Well, Ashley Lopez, I want to thank you so much for being on the program today. Okay. Thank you. All right, that's a wrap for today's program, but you can get more information if you need to. Head to csnlg.com slash listen, where you'll find show notes from today's show as well as other shows that we've done. And, of course, there'll be an option there for you to subscribe so you'll be notified about every single show that we do in the future. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and we'll talk again soon.